Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how's it going? It is 2020, Amy. It, it is indeed, 2020. Wow. It's a new it's a new year, but as I've seen you defending online, not a new decade. Is that yes, that's, correct? That's your line, yeah. Yes, the official new decade starts next year because there was no zero year, so we can have that discussion another day. I've I've exhausted things online with that. So all right, so so I I have a question. There so there was no zero year. So what about like the first month of? So you're saying it like went from one BC went from one to BC to one AD. AD, and then it just moved in. Got it. So it starts next year. Kind of. But it, it was done retroactively. So like they weren't sitting around in 1 AD going, all right, it's 1 AD, y'all. I mean, right. they, they didn't know that. It was like in the 500s before we realized the time delineation. But that we're getting a little deep, Amy. This is SBC this week, not Roman calendar this week with Jonathan you spent a lot. You spent a lot of time thinking about this. That's Well, I think about very, a lot of things, Amy. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Okay. I'm well, thinking about that goal that the National Predators goalie scored last night, too, from 190 feet away. That was pretty well, cool. Well, those of us who don't don't live in Nashville probably weren't tracking that, but I am yeah. excited but for you. But you can see it in the that's morning great. briefing this morning. Yes, SBCMorningBriefing.com. That's correct. You can sign up for that, and uh, I put it in there this morning. It was pretty exciting. It's not every day that a goalie scores a goal in an NHL game. In fact, it's been almost six years, or actually more than six years. The last well, one was in 2013. Fun. Very so, fun. Okay. It was exciting, so... Check that out. Well, if you good. Find it online. Pecorine goal. All right, so we're back at we're back in kind of our first uh, regular episode of the new year. We I almost called it real sort of episode. Special. <laughs> right, the other ones are real. They're just special. They're real and and unique. Uh, but did you have a nice holiday? Nice uh, Christmas with your family. Good New Year. Everything. I did. We did not travel. We stayed here. It was great. You, on the other hand, did travel. Yes, we left. Uh, we we stayed here for Christmas week. We were in Wake Forest, and then we left on the twenty seventh and went to uh, Israel with Southeastern's tour. They do a, a trip every two years that was hosted by um, an Old Testament professor, Alan Mosley, and a New Testament professor, Chuck Quarles. And just a tour. There were fifty one people total on the tour. Filled up a whole bus and. It was my first time to go to Israel, and I it, I loved it. It was it was really great. I I highly recommend to anyone if you are able to go in your lifetime, do it. It, it right. changes. It just changes well, everything. Changes how you read. Changes all of it. At the risk of turning this into Holy Land travel with Amy, right? What was your favorite? moment of oh the my week. goodness real quick Pe- real quick yeah people ask me that and it's very difficult to answer because i love all of it loved all of it i did i did love the galilee region that was just very special um even more than i anticipated uh but jerusalem was kind of special too so i'm gonna have to say two but i can't i can't give you one site there's so much packed in into a day i don't know i all loved right. capernaum capernaum was really neat that was okay was something special and meaningful but right. to just be in the spot place matters it really it really, it really does it, it helps you read and understand in a different way all right well let's start this in arkansas amy some news while you were overseas broke up in arkansas the state convention has been named in a lawsuit alleging a sexual assault and battery and felonious conduct uh, by a pastor up in the hot springs arkansas area the pastor 
the association, the local church, and the state convention, and the state convention executive director have all been named in this lawsuit, Amy. It seems like this case deals with uh, a pastor, as you said, who is is no longer a, a pastor at this time, but accusing the pastor of abuse of a young boy referred to as John Doe, so it's an anonymous situation, but also alleges that the state convention was told and failed to report. And the state convention released a statement to that effect, Amy, saying these are serious allegations, which the Arkansas Baptist State Convention is taking very seriously. The Arkansas Baptist State Convention and Dr. Sonny Tucker being represented by the law firm of Friday, Eldridge, and Clark, which is thoroughly investigating this matter. So far, our lawyers have seen no indication of impropriety on the part of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention or Dr. Tucker. They've long placed a high priority on ministry and safety for children and students. For several years, the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, under Dr. Tucker's leadership, has been involved in an intentional statewide safety and training emphasis to equip churches to better prevent and respond to sexual abuse. That's the statement from the Arkansas State. Yeah. Yeah. So that's part of it. The we have a link to the Baptist Press article in the show notes that would give the statement in its entirety. But this is certainly something to keep an eye on and obviously something of tremendous concern. Uh, it's been going on for the last couple of years, been uh, kind of pointing back to some meetings and incidents in 2018. So we'll have to keep track of this. So Amy, we'll keep an eye on this as we move forward. It's the first of the month. You know what that means? CP. Yes, it is. The CP is up at the end of the month at 2.58% ahead of the previous year's giving. That means we have given nearly $1.2 million more than we have in the first three months of last year's fiscal year. However, Amy, we are slightly below the budget of $49.125 million year to date, but still ahead of last year's giving. So that's good news. All right. Yes. Very good news. And we'll keep an eye on hope for next month surging even more. Absolutely. So keep an eye on that as we always do here on the podcast. Down to Puerto Rico, Amy, a scary thing this week. A 6.4 magnitude earthquake hit Puerto Rico on Tuesday morning and sending the island kind of into some panic down there. Uh, Send North America as well as a lot of the churches down there are already kind of on the ground there helping with relief work on the island. I was crushed to hear to hear this, that Puerto Rico would go through it as they still are recovering from Hurricane Maria. And just to recognize what fear that that must have been when the the earthquake happened and particularly the aftershocks, the tremors, all of that, that, that for the children that are having to go through this, that just crushes me. And it shows how important Send Relief is to just keep ministering to these people. So grateful for Nam, but we continue to pray for Puerto Rico. Absolutely. And Amy, I know June is almost six months away, the annual meeting, but we've had two nomination announcements already for officers. This is really, get, it's early. And now we've got three nominations out. Now, one of them is not an SBC officer, like an official yes, in correct. the bylaws. So we got to keep that. So, yep. so, so far we have had the announcement that Al Mohler would be nominated for president. Now we have the announcement that Stephen Feinstein, uh, a pastor in California, he's the pastor of Sovereign Way Christian Church in Hesperia, California. I hope I got that right. Uh, he will be nominated by Chris Bolt from uh, his Tennessee pastor for second vice president. Yeah, Feinstein is a graduate of the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's got a Master of Divinity from Southern. 
Uh, he pastors, like you mentioned, Sovereign Way Christian Church. According to their ACP record, Sovereign Way Christian Church has reported no cooperative program giving over the past three years, but they did report a Great Commission giving of $7,800 on a budget of $235,000, which worked out to about 3.3% for Great Commission giving. Uh, the church has a membership of 95 and an average worship of 123. And you mentioned that the other nomination was not an officer. Amy, tell us about that one. This is for the pastor's conference presidency. And so just to keep those kind of delineated, the pastor's conference is sort of its own entity before the annual meeting. The, so the president of the conference plans the next year's event. That's that's what they do. And uh, so it's kind of separate from these bylaw delineated offices, but it's an important one nonetheless, because that's a, a really important event leading up to the annual meeting. So the candidate that has been announced is that is uh, Matt Hensley, who is pastor of Mayhill Baptist Church in Mayhill, New Mexico. Bart Barber announced that he would nominate Matt for president of the pastors conference. And this would be to plan the 2021 pastors conference that will be held in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and that election will happen during the pastors conference this June in Orlando. So Matt is uh, known primarily, I think for not another Baptist podcast that he does with Kyle yes. Beerman. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also he's the managing editor of Lifeway Pastors, which is part mm-hmm. of Facts and Trends. Yeah. So yeah. we had Matt on the CP stage in Dallas a couple of years ago. Some of you may remember him from that. And also, uh, as you mentioned, Matt pastors Mayhill Baptist in Mayhill, New Mexico. And according to ACP records on that church, they reported 25571 in cooperative program giving in two, 2019. That worked out to about 14.9% of CP giving. Uh, from the church. They also report a membership of 177 and average worship attendance of 114 in 2019. So we've got two more announcements, Amy. I'm guessing we'll see more between now and June, obviously. Yes, I would expect so. But nominations are open until just before. Yeah, until they're closed, until just before that moment in the order of business. So, And just because people are announced now doesn't mean they were officially be nominated. So we've seen right. things change. That's kind and of the whatnot. moment. Yes. And sometimes people get nominated who aren't announced. That happens as well. All right. IMB announced over the Christmas break, Amy, that Bill Langley will be joining the International Mission Board to work with them to help better connect with churches west of the Mississippi River. Yes. So Bill Langley is uh, from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. He's senior pastor of Severns Valley Baptist Church. He's been there for about 11 years is taking this role to help build stronger relationships with local congregations. So to kind of have that uh, person that communicates to the churches about the work of the IMB and, um, and tell the story. So also I think would help help work with local associations on the ground. Paul Chitwood speaks very highly of him, said he led by example by helping Severns Valley Baptist Church to be one of the leading cooperative program giving churches in the Southern Baptist Convention, and also has been active in the local association there. He was president of the Kentucky Baptist Convention in 2016 and 2017. So uh, tough, I think, probably for Kentucky Baptists to lose him and his participation there, but sounds like this is going to be a good thing for the IMB. Absolutely. And speaking of additions, Amy, we have a few at the executive committee. Yes, this was announced this week. Addition, new additions to 
our communications staff. And so we got three folks that have come onto the team. Uh, first, we have John Wilkie, who is coming on as director of, it's, who's coming on as media relations director. And uh, so John has worked with uh, Faith Comes by Hearing, Voice of the Martyrs, Lifeway led their media relations efforts, and also with NRB TV. So has a lot of experience in that area in Baptist life and the evangelical world. Uh, Tess Schoenhoven has come on on the team as a full-time staff writer. She's a recent graduate of California Baptist University, and she has already gotten a lot of experience writing for Facts and Trends, Leader's Edge Magazine, Pursuit Magazine. And so uh, she'll just be kind of cranking those stories out. She does a great job, and I have, have loved getting to know her already. And Kyle Cochran has come on as Director of Digital Content for the Executive Committee. Um, he is from Raleigh, North Carolina, but will be moving to Nashville and uh, will be part of a new church plant as he relocates and, and come has already started come on the team. Um, he's got a good bit of experience in digital and social media, particularly in the sports area, as far as some of his uh, some of his work in social media and, and has a great uh, has some great experience and background there. So these are three uh, great people. They've already started, and it's it's good to have them on the team. Yes, they've been great additions already in just the first week of Kyle and uh, John's tenure. It's It's been really great to have them on the team, like you mentioned. And, I, you know, I'm excited. I, they're, they're just good people. They're not only good employees, they're just good people. So it's, uh, it's good to have good teammates around us, and I'm excited about the future of the communications office at the executive committee and Mississippi has a new executive director, Sean Parker from First Baptist Columbus, Mississippi. So that was announced. He was called by the Mississippi Baptist Convention Board on December 19th. He will succeed Jim Futrell, who will, whose retirement will come at the end of February. And the search committee voted unanimously to recommend his nomination to the executive committee. And the executive committee voted unanimously to send it to the full board. Sean Parker is a native of Mississippi and also a graduate of Union University, Union University in Jackson, Tennessee, as well as New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, um, has done a lot of great work. Has been at First Baptist Church Columbus since 2003 and then served churches in Louisiana and Tennessee before that. He's got a lot of history with the Mississippi Baptist Convention, serving on their board and the executive committee and several other things. So, uh, we, Wish the Mississippi Baptist Convention well as they make this transition from uh, Jim Futrell to Sean Parker. Another addition, Amy, up at Southern Seminary, they got a new vice president for accounting and finance. Michael O'Neill has been appointed the VP for accounting and finance at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's been in finance for more than a decade and was a certified public accountant and certified fraud examiner for the state of Kentucky before coming to Southern. And actually, he's been at Southern for a while. He served as assistant vice president for accounting and controller for the last 13 years and has supervised all the accounting functions at Southern. And so he is no stranger to Southern Baptist and to the work of Southern Seminary, uh, but has just done a lot of great service to them. All right. And then over in West Virginia, as uh, we mentioned recently on the podcast, I think it was it was either in our year ender or the beginning of the year questions that we had. Uh, we mentioned that West Virginia is one of two states right now without an executive director, them and the Dakotas. 
as Garvin Golden has retired in the Dakotas and Bill Hennard left to pastor a church in Tennessee over in West Virginia. So West Virginia has issued a call and a request for prayer and fasting as they are in the, uh, it sounds like they're kind of at the end of their search trying to determine who to hire in West Virginia. So I just wanted to pass that along. Yep. So that's a good, a good update for where they are. Yep. And then finally, Amy, some sad news over the Christmas break. Tony Evans, uh, pastor over in Dallas, his wife, Lois Irene Evans, passed away after a battle with cancer at age 70. Yeah, this was tough. I saw this uh, pop up on, on social media while we were in Israel, and and Keith and I were just sad to, to see this. Obviously, her family has had a tremendous impact in the ministry world and in Southern Baptist world with uh, Tony Evans, with their daughter, Priscilla Shirer, um, Anthony Evans Jr., their son, and, and others. Just really incredible examples to everyone. And the the funeral was on Monday, January 6th, and I believe that was live streamed. And her son's eulogy really, you know, kind of went viral and was just this incredible uh, tribute to his mom, but also to uh, faith in Christ. And so really sad, but also uh, been a celebration of her life. Our prayers go out to Tony Evans, Priscilla Shire, and their entire family. So there's been some really inspiring content coming out of the uh, the memorial service, though, uh, the song by Anthony Evans and, and other uh, content. So a great woman. I, everybody I've talked to who's met her really just spoke so highly of her and the entire Evans family. So just a great family altogether. So I've had a chance to hang out with both Tony Evans and Priscilla Shire over the time of Lifeway and just really enjoyed being around them. So uh, their their love for their mom was obvious in what they posted online. So uh, just uh, praying for that family in this time. Yes. All right. That's going to do it for our news this week. Amy, that brings us to my favorite part of the week this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. I decided to pull something from 1971 uh, that just caught my attention, particularly because of uh, where I've been traveling recently and then some of the news that's happening globally and just a lot of concerns about um, the Middle East. And it was a headline in the ni- in the January 11th, 1971 issue of Baptist Press that said Baptist broadcasts in Arabic heard throughout Middle East. Um, and it it talks about how. Uh, the Cyprus Broadcasting Network was broadcasting these radio programs. And uh, one of our missionaries, Pete Dunn, was director of the Baptist Recording Studio in Beirut. And basically what they had done was a number of evangelical groups had joined together to buy 15 minutes every evening of 1971 on this station and that Baptists were going to supply materials for the first 52 broadcasts, uh, which had started in late December. So they had two series. One was word pictures of Jesus that an SBC missionary had done 26 different studies of Christ. And that was being sent out to to Lebanon as well as uh, another series titled The Man Called Jesus. And so they were going to broadcast those each evening at 1030 between two sections of music. And 
These were going to go out in Arabic. So this was a just a really great effort that was encouraging to me. Obviously, this is a region that is on the minds of a lot of Americans right now. But also, you know, we have to remember that our, our call is to get the gospel out to the nations and that that's our greatest concern is that people will come to know Christ. And it hit me that there was this uh, story where efforts were happening. They were sending out uh, the message of Christ uh, from our mission missionaries in Arabic throughout the Middle East, and they were doing it this week in SBC history. All right. Well, that's neat. Uh, I didn't realize we had content going out in Arabic in the Middle East. That, that's just fascinating to me. Yeah. All the way back in 71. So yeah. Wow. Uh, so a lot of, a lot of great efforts. All right. Well, that brings us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? Okay. Mine is just something fun that I got as a, a treat, like with some Christmas money. So it's a book that is a companion to the PBS country music series, the Ken Burns oh, series. Yeah. And it's really cool. So I had gotten it for my dad for Christmas, but then I had gotten a little bit of Christmas money and I thought, this thing is so cool. I want one for myself. So it's this big, it's kind of a huge, heavy coffee table book size. And I mean, it's going to take forever uh, to look through, but that series has been so, so exciting. And I've actually only seen parts of it because I had so much going on at the end of the year that I wanted to give myself time to sit down and really take it all in. And so now I have the book that goes with it. So I just wanted to share that. That was kind of a cool new resource, just fun that uh, that, that I think will be enjoyable. And we'll put a link to that PBS series as well, because that's has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of acclaim. That's it. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I have to check that out. I didn't realize there was a book to go along with it. So yeah, really that's, neat. That's exciting. All right. All right. So my resource of the week is an article we released yesterday over at Baptist Press on the ERLC, George Soros and the Evangelical Immigration Table. Now, there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of questions, a lot of, uh, Amy, misinformation, uh, which is a $2 word for lying uh, about the ERLC and George Soros and any connections. There's a lot of people that, that have made those accusations, made those connections up, and we kind of tried to put that to bed yesterday over at Baptist Press. And in, in short, as the article says, does George Soros fund the Evangelical Immigration Table or the ERLC? No. So that... That's the short answer. No, they do not. That article is up online. It's uh, been a lot of traffic and a lot of discussion about that since that went up yesterday afternoon. But because mainly there's just been a lot of misinformation and lying going on on websites across uh, the Internet about different connections that are just not there. Help us to see, too, this article starts with explainer in sort of all caps and so this yeah. is part of a, I wouldn't say series like regular series, but maybe something that from time to time could happen, correct? To yeah. explain, tell, tell us what an explainer is. If there are, I mean, the reason that we, we went ahead with this is because of just repeated, repeated misinformation questions. A lot of people coming to us going, hey, what is the the truth here? So we, we took the opportunity to go and just write an explainer. And, and the reason it says explainer and it's by BP explainers because there were so many people contributing to this. So it, there's not like right. one person or two people that were kind of spearheading this. So we, we had a lot of, we had a whole team effort. Um, the ERLC helped us out with some information. They gave us a, a lot of 
uh, the details that we needed. Uh, we even talked to some people that work with the EIT to confirm a lot of the details. So uh, there was just a lot of uh, a, t- a total team effort on this one. And uh, right. so it's something that it, from time to time we may have to use to address certain things. So not everything on the internet is true, Amy. Abraham Lincoln said that. I see what you did there. I'm going to just keep going from that. But it could be from time to time if there is conversation or question about different issues, whether it's uh, issues that are of interest to Southern Baptists or maybe even have to do with Southern Baptists, this type of thing is something that we might develop uh, as a a staff team. Okay. Mm -hmm. All All right. right. I highly encourage folks to go check that out because, again, there has been so much misinformation about this. People just lying about the connections that are there. So glad to put that to bed. All right. There's your resource. Well, that's going to do it for us this week on SBC This Week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week.